What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio, 1123. Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Continuing on with the 25 years episodes, we're looking back in a loving way at Ravens history. We have kind of an annoying topic to talk about today, frankly. Um, the faux acquisition of Terrell Owens and how that went for a few days. We thought we had Terrell Owens. Was it March of 2004? Is that when it occurred? That is correct, sir. All right. Joining me is Garnett West, if you don't recognize that voice already and that and that very common use of the word sir that i don't deserve <laughs> never never had a officer standing or anything like that but uh garnett thanks so much for joining us for this one uh thank you Ken, for having me on sir 
Yeah, really, really appreciate having you here. And uh, we're going to talk about the, the, the 2004 acquisition, but let's talk about, first of all, what the framework of this was for the Baltimore Ravens, because in 2003, they were a truly horrific passing team, very one-dimensional offense around Jamal Lewis, who had, of course, his big 2066-yard season. But the leading receiver for the Baltimore Ravens was Todd Heap with 693 yards. Uh, by the way, Todd Heap, 6.2 yards per target. Not what you're looking for out of your leading receiver, no matter what position he plays. Absolutely, sir. Yeah. We, uh, I guess the whole, you know, left, you know, fighting left-handed really does, does go way back to then, sir. And it was, you know, you know, thank God we're, we're, we're on the straight and narrow path now, but yeah, mm-hmm. back then it was really, uh, really rough, you know, just depending on the run game to solve all the problems and also, a a tight end to just also be a, a huge bandaid, I guess, for the passing game. Yeah. So I, I, the other thing to look at was a couple of free agent wide receivers were acquired during the 2000, the off season prior to 2003, and they played a somewhat significant role in one game. Uh, but Travis Taylor was the lead receiver. He'd been there since 2000, drafted number 10 overall, still had not done much. 90 targets in 2003, an average of 7.0 yards per target. Again, not what you're looking for in terms of your number one receiver. You'd like to have about nine yards per target out of that guy. Um, Then they acquired, prior to 2003, two guys, Frank Sanders from the Arizona Cardinals, who had been a serviceable receiver for a long time, but never really a good receiver. Yes, sir. So, yeah, during that time, I guess – you spun me up on a little bit, which is awesome. It's the fact that like, literally just the moral of the story is like we was just trying to get what we could at a low, I guess a, a low value, not low value, but just price-wise. Low cost. Yeah. Low cost. So, yeah, we it's one of those things where we understood that was not going to cut it, and then that's when we try to go after, you know, who we're, who we're about to talk about right now. Yes, sir. Yeah. So just a little more setup before we do this. Frank Sanders, by the way, he, he came to Baltimore with 497 receptions. He got his third reception of the year, and they announced over the loudspeaker at, at uh, M&T Bank that that is just the 500th reception of the career of Frank Sanders. I, I've never felt more underwhelmed by a situation. It's just, it's you know, that's not really a Ravens thing. They didn't have him for the first 497 receptions. It didn't really seem like a big deal, but hey, I guess they they put in front of Bruce what he was supposed to read, and he did it. So it's, uh, <laughs> that's the way that goes. The second guy they picked up is actually a guy who, who we have a lot of fond memories of, and that's Marcus Robinson, who played a huge part in that win over Seattle with four touchdown grabs. That was a lot of his production for the season, but it wasn't all of it by any means. He had 451 yards receiving. He had 7.3 yards per target. I think you'd argue you could argue he was the Ravens' um, best receiver. But looking at the catch percentages for these guys, and you got to really remember, okay, it's it's Kyle Bowler throwing them the ball. Travis Taylor, 43.3%. Marcus Robinson, 50%. And Frank Sanders, 48.3%. That ain't going to get it done. Oh, sir. Wow. That's that. Like I said, these numbers that you're telling me right now, that's this first time here. And then this, this that, that really uh, that really sucks. <laughs> All right. So I've set the stage as best I can for March of 2004. Now, take us through this here. Now, I know this is it was a complex transaction. I couldn't I definitely could not remember it off the top of my head, but I want you to take us through it. Yes, sir. So, you know, a lot of us as a Ravens fan, we just knew about it. And then the whole generic story is about, oh, yeah, Terrell Owens just didn't, you know, 
literally didn't want to come here play with Kyle Bowler. But it was actually a lot of more that was that goes into detail, which is pretty crazy. Lads and uh, the the March you know fourth two thousand four trade where he got dealt to us. You know he was a four time Pro Bowler. But I, I, I want, I, I want, you know, you know, I'm not trying to give anybody bumps. Scoop, I believe they had a some kind of, kind of chemistry going on when they had a Pro Bowl, and then they just like connected. Like that's, I think, where a lot of, you know, a lot of connections are built through Pro Bowls. That's how Adelius Thomas was spotted with Bill Belichick. Like you'll be perfect for our system, and you know, so on and so forth. But <laughs> yeah, but you know, and during that time, he already had uh, his eyes on Philly. And, you know, before that, ha- you know, before he got traded, my, my initial reaction, reaction, just like everybody else, was that really uh, made us a Super Bowl contender. That he gave us something that we were missing. You know, just we got it. We we had the run game. Now we got somebody that can take, you know, put us over the top and, you know, amplify the success of Bowler. So, yeah, when 2004, you know, March 4th, 2004 hit. That was, you know, it was agreed. But. In the in the weeds and the works of it, uh, uh, Owens agent allegedly allegedly failed to file paperwork in the final years of the contract by uh, February twenty first of the deadline. So, with that being said, I feel like that's bum scoop, and I will let you. I'll let you speak on that, sir. If, if you have any take bum, on it, bum scoop meaning other BS type words might be appropriate in this case. Yes. So, you think sir. it was manufactured by his agent that he didn't file that paperwork? as he was supposed to, as if it was a backdoor out of him being traded to anybody else or what was the, yes. W- w- okay. Yes, sir. Interesting. So, I, I, it's totally new news to me in terms of that. I, I didn't remember any part of that. So that would have been what, about two weeks prior to this trade, right? Yes, sir. So uh, just to uh, go into a little bit more detail, like the Eagles tried to work out a trade with uh, the 49ers when uh, Owen wasn't declared a free agent. So uh, San Francisco uh, general manager at the time, Terry Donahue, said uh, Reed first offered a fifth uh, round pick and uh, thrash. And uh, Donahue said Reed rejected counteroffer, so the trade basically didn't go nowhere and end up, you know, Baltimore jumped on, on it. And then, you know, what goes happen- what happened after that, sir? All right. So uh, was Owens in any kind of an option year? Do you know anything about that? About was he in the final year of his? Co- oh, he had to have an option year still in the contract to sign a new deal, I assume. But did he have an out? Did the team have an out? Did the team have to cut him? Were there cap implications of what was going on? Was there anything else going on there that maybe I don't know about? Not that I know of. The only thing I got, got – uh... I really have to try to dig more information about, but I know for what all I I saw and I received. Well, I was able to get my handles. I don't really recall that, sir, on top okay. of my head. Yes, but he couldn't have been a free agent, or he wouldn't have been traded. But there, but the, but there was there might have been something where Owens had to approve the last year of his deal or something, and that's what this paperwork was about. In any case, I, yes, I don't want to. I don't want. We don't have to go too far into that. But Owens, in by the way, in two thousand three. He had a good year. I wouldn't call it a great year. 80 catches, but on 146 targets. And he was on the, this is a fourth straight year of 146 or more targets. So his catch rate is a whopping 54.8%. And his yards per target were only 7.5. So, you know, I, I, uh, 9.0 is what I'd want from a number one receiver. Owens had typically been that for most of his career. But he, he kind of looked like at age 30, he was slowing down a little bit at this time. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I think, you know, same thing how with the Randy Moss score and the Oakland thing. I think it was just a manufacturer of him slowing himself down. You know, it's like I'm not, you know, just like a, I'm going to say demoralizing or just he felt, 
you know, not motivated to probably give all he oh. had, probably. You know, I'm just, we know how, you know, the diva mentality works where, yeah, yeah I'm, you know, I'm doing as much as I can where, I, you know, I feel like we ain't getting nowhere. So, you know, you're going to keep on feeding me all like I want, but at the same time, though, I'm going to still probably not give 110%. I, it's, that's, that's, it's, it's a certain to me because the fact that you go to somewhere else like the Eagles, and the first catch you have is an 80-yard, 81-yard bomb on us. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, you know. Kind of A.J. Green, Cincinnati 2020, I'm thinking right yes, now sir. in terms of his effort level. Okay. Yeah. Now, you, you got that framed up for me. Now, take, take us through the rest of the transaction. Yes, sir. So, uh, with that, uh, so like I said, the Eagles try to work out a, di- a, tr- a trade with the uh, – with the, I mean, the 49ers, well, the Eagles tried to do a deal with the 49ers. Counter offers, you know, they both uh, couldn't come to an agreement. And then uh, when he got traded to the uh, to the Ravens, he post, uh, Owens protested the trade, uh, refused to show up to physicals, and insisted he would, uh, wanted to play for the Eagles, said his heart was in Philly. As uh, that, that became a famous quote from that, uh, from that time. And which is, you know, in my head, you know, excuse my name, I think it was just complete bullshit. You know, it's one of the things where we we put in the work, we put in the paperwork, you know, we, Ozzy did what Ozzy does, made it happen. Uh, I, I believe we were, I think, did we only give up a, yeah, we only gave up a second round pick or something and something else, with, uh, yeah, second round pick for Owens. So everything sounds, was sounds like a lot, frankly, to me. But okay, yeah, it, is, it might be a lot to you. But we're talking yeah. about a, a, a hall of well, you know, a hall of famer, a mm-hmm. player that literally put Philly over the top to go to the Super Bowl. So I'm not saying you know it's it's one of those things where you got to it's a give and take. You know, I feel like that was a steal for a second, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, it's it really I know it irked a lot of us, but at the same time though, it's just I. Me looking at all this information, it gave me an idea of how, you know, the NFL works in a way. So when it comes to just, you know, last minute deals or last minute releases or last minute trades like we just saw recently with the with the corner that was coming from New England that ended up getting traded at the use was told to be released. So it's, it's you know, with the whole T.O. bargain deal, that was pretty crazy. Yes, sir. Okay, so let's let me restate this and see if I've got it right because the tailback is always good here. So the Ravens traded a second round pick to the 49ers who yes, were, had, had Terrell in this last day in exchange for the rights to Owens. But in in exchange, sorry, but before the Ravens could try and sign Owens to a new contract, which presumably would have been part of their plan here anyway, just like yes. the Eagles did. Yes, sir. Then the, the Owens said, well, hold on. I didn't file my, my paperwork to, with the league. And so I can't really be, I can't be traded or I'm not sure exactly what, what the, I, I, maybe I don't have the, the, the reasoning correct on this. So, so the best way I can explain this is like, uh, he basically San Francisco tried to give him what he wanted by going to Philadelphia. But it's one of those things where San Francisco is like, I'm going to get the best deal that I can get while I'm trying to do this deal. Eagles was, was being nonconform, you know, being not, you know, not, you know, trying to, you know, they didn't come to a agreement with the trade. So with that being said, it's like, well, I'm sorry we tried, but I'm going to go for the best deal. I have Baltimore giving me, a second round for you instead of a fifth and some somebody else that's not going to be living up to what I want. And I'm sorry, that's you're just going to be going to Baltimore. 
And that's when he did the whole, well, I'm not going to do a physical. I'm, you know, my heart's in Philly. You know, he just basically he vetoed his own trade. Like he okay. literally worked it. Like, you know how uh, he literally worked it to his to his uh, to his side. Okay, so I'm, I was trying to figure out how the paperwork, the, the failed filing of paperwork fit into that. Um, it's a lot of Fs. Yes, yes, sir. Like this, like I said, it was allegedly failed. To, the, 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 uh, Owens' agent allegedly failed. So it's one of those things where I felt like the agent and the team, they had a, a, a like, they understood what, what, what they were trying to do. And then as soon as Owens didn't get what he wanted, that's when I think that was pulled up. Like the whole, well, okay. this was my ace in the hole. We didn't file on the, the 21st of February, but before the deadline. That's what, Gotcha. That's what Plan B. Yes, sir. Plan B. Okay. And then as I recall, when they, when they rescinded this trade and then tried to trade into Philly again, a lot of the hang up in the deal was how much the Ravens would get. And I remember – uh, you know, being elsewhere when this when this was happening, and thinking a fifth round draft pick—that's really it for us in, in exchange for having our plans disrupted like this. It should be more. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, yeah, when, when always got his wishes with, uh, with, with with the following settlement reached uh, that Tuesday before the arbitrator uh, could rule on the uh, the star receiver's case to become a free agent. Yeah, the uh, the Eagles already like basically did like a it's like a, almost like a, it's like a weird like a, almost like a hush money, but I guess hush picks trade which is crazy like the eagles sent like a fifth round pick to us like you just mentioned and a defensive end uh uh, brandon whitting brandon whitting went to the san francisco my bad and the ravens uh got back their second round pick that was sent to the 49ers from four ones so it's like one of those things where everything was already settled before the nfl was able to uh act on it so it's like yeah don't worry about it it's already taken care of you know it's over Yes, sir. So the so the arbitrator might have gone around, and they might have ruled a couple different ways here. But they but they might have ruled the trade to Baltimore was the way. But Baltimore must not have felt that was going to happen, or they just didn't want Owens after he acted the way he did. Uh, the forty the the forty nine ers could have been the team that was really sol there because they they might have gotten nothing, and Owens might have been declared a free agent. And Philadelphia then would have had to compete with his, for his services with all the other teams in the NFL, and they might not have been able to win. Right. And so all three teams were, you know, came to an agreement. Owens agreed to it, and then all three aggrieved parties, if you want to call to it, all all came to their own conclusion on that. Okay. Yes, sir. That clears that up a little bit. It's been many years, obviously. It's been it's been uh, seventeen years, and I think I think we'd be fair to say in the aftermath of this, the Ravens did well not to end up with Terrell Owens here in Baltimore. Uh, yes, sir. As a player, I still would want him back then, but just the the antics with the antics that he would have brought. Mm-hmm. It, I think, yeah, we always talk about we always preach about our locker room, you know, being a strong locker room and being able to deal with, you know, players with. Uh, I'm say, I'm gonna say, he's never had off the field character issues, but he just brings a lot of attention. And we're a team that we never really brought attention to ourselves except on the field. And not the off the field antics. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I guess I'm, yeah, I'm glad it, it didn't happen. But at the same time, though, it's like the, the, you know, you know, the what if stories, man. What, 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 what could have happened? What could that set us up for, for the future wise? That, that, that's always going to ring in my head after that, after those days. 
Okay, so it's 2004 Ravens uh, while Owens was having his last All-Pro season. No, it's next to last. He had five All-Pro seasons. This was number four. Um, right. So he had, a good, he had a good year, 14 touchdowns, 9.4 yards per target, and caught 77 balls and 1,200 yards. That certainly would have helped the Ravens. Of course, they wouldn't have gotten 1,200 yards from him with Kyle Bowler throwing him the ball. That was with McNabb. And, you know, the question would have been, would that have been enough to push a team like that over the top into the playoffs? I, I think I'd probably say yes. Into being good enough to compete with teams like the Patriots for the for the Super Bowl, I'd say probably not. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah it's really, it all would have been dependent on Kyle Bowler if we would have had him, to be honest with you. I, we already knew what the run game was going to be able to do. Knew what the defense was going to do, but at the same time, though, I, sometimes quarterbacks – uh, with those high power super receivers like that, you know, you can, you're allowed to get away with a lot of, uh, you know, you know, errors. So, you know, you can force the ball to a receiver like that. And uh, uh, just, you know, with Kyle Bowler, you never knew what you was going to get. And especially having something like that, just a, a, a emergency, a basically a emergency switch as a, a as a receiver like him. You know, I would have took my chance at the same time, though. It's, that would have been a little bit too risky for my liking. I think we would have might have went away from the run game. You never know what we might have did, you know, just right. literally change our whole identity or scheme just to fit somebody of that nature. Yeah, it would certainly would have changed the cap significantly, too, in terms of who they could afford and, and uh, you know, what they might have had to do to, to let go of somebody else or, uh, at that point. Um, it was still a few years away from the Ravens getting their first real franchise quarterback in Joe Flacco in 2008. Um, and they suffered through years with McNair. I, I really don't know if McNair to Owens would have worked, you know, with his arm not being what it had been early in his career. Uh, and really never that great. Um, I think it would it really had to been until Flacco came along that a player like Owens would have been able to thrive in Baltimore. Yes, sir. And the thing about that is a ticking time bomb. Like with Owens, like it, would you think he's be, would would have been willing and patient enough? Like, hey, don't worry. You know, I know we're, it's not. It doesn't look good for now, but if you just give it like one more year, like you know, playing that game, like you just can't do that with a type of player like that, especially a guy yeah. that's already in his thirties. That's like, I, I'm in a win now mode. Yeah, great, great point. I mean, you know, Owens, his heart was in Philly, but he actually played for four other teams over the next seven seasons, and he played two years total in Philly. So his heart was there. I don't know <laughs> if every other part of him was. So, uh, uh, Yes, sir. Garnett, terrific having you on to discuss this. I think this is something that part of Ravens history we really need to go over, and I appreciate you kind of clearing up some points for me. Obviously, I didn't understand it completely, and, and uh, it's good to have your clarity on it. Uh, tell folks where they can talk football with you. Yes, sir. You can find me on Twitter uh, at Garnett. You know, so I'll spell it out for a lot of people might get a little confused, but it's just like the January birthstone. So it's uh, G-A-R-N-E-T. Also with a 478, all in, it's all together. That's my area code where I'm from. Uh, but yeah, you can find me there on uh, Twitter. Uh, also, uh, usually every Thursday or so Friday, Myself and uh, two other guys that you might be familiar with, uh, Jason uh, from Huddle, Up Fan, Huddle It Up Films, and also from uh, The Real Jay Vogel. We all do like a little uh, weekly little podcast. So if you guys would like to, you know, get a weekly, you know, analysis of a game preview from us, man, we try. We're, I say, I, we're not the best, but we try our best. That's all I can tell you guys. So you, you guys do a preview on Fridays, a preview uh, of the yeah. Sunday game. Yes, sir. So we uh, will record that uh, that that Thursday, and then basically we'll release it that Friday morning, so everybody can watch it. 
That's All right. right. That's, that's great, Garnett. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll give that a try. In fact, I'll, I'll look at it here. Um, thanks again for coming on. Other folks that you that you uh, that are out there, you want to do a 25 years podcast with me. You've got a lot still to record this year. Would love to have you on. Send me a couple bullet points in a DM on Twitter. By now, you know, we're not looking for the uh, Ravens Mount Rushmore, the top 10 greatest Ravens of all time. We're looking for these kind of topics, these kind of weird little forgotten topics in Ravens history uh, that that, uh, that maybe haven't been talked about. One thing I'm dying to have somebody come to me about the first round of the 2003 draft to retell that story of the Terrell Suggs and Bowler situation that I'm just reminded of by that. But, uh, but we'll do that at some point. Yeah, I would. That's that would be a great story, Ken. Also, I wanted to talk about how we acquired Jimmy Smith. If you remember that debacle, yes, sir. Yes, almost- so that was that was a one pick trade down. <laughs> yeah, both good. Ravens lose a draft spot because they thought they had a trade made. Yes, sir. Uh, outstanding, uh, Garnett. Thanks again for coming on. Thank you, sir. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.